If the ants decided to rise up, we'd all be fucked. This and more coming up next on Car Dogs. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Car Dogs. And I am talking about the animal kingdom today, the insect world, a toupee for the mind. What does that mean? I don't know. But this is what guys do, I think, instead of getting therapy, is they do a podcast. And today is more interesting, strange, esoteric knowledge that'll make you so freaking scintillatingly interesting that women will be overwhelmed with um, sweat and emotion just to buy you a drink. So with that being said, here we go. Now, getting back to my opening, my intro there about the ant kingdom, I'm not referring to uh, your Aunt Kathy or your Aunt Rose. I'm talking about the little buggers with the um, thorax and the abdomen that come in the red and black varieties, uh, like licorice. And according to recent stats, there are a million billion ants on this planet. A million billion. Now, first I would think there's got to be a name for a, a different numeric value for a million billion. Like, what was it? what would that be? Like a quadrillion? Anyway, that's a lot of ants. And uh, and these little fuckers are smart, too. Um, uh, I, I always hear about this really strange thing that happens when in nature they sometimes get sabotaged and compromised individually by other uh, insects that actually... Uh, and this is kind of gross, but they lay eggs, or, uh, or they, uh, or they infiltrate the ant with some kind of parasite that uh, ultimately will uh, destroy this ant. And the rest of the ant kingdom uh, somehow understand this, and they sequester this ant. They drag his ass out of the colony, way out, because this guy's basically what he's going to do is explode. He's like a little. A bomb that uh, a little parasite's gonna pop out of, and uh, they're so smart, you know. And I probably well, I don't know why they don't rise up. Um, you know, it all has to do with you know the ecosystem, but also I think the fact that they just don't have any money or wallets or social media. Uh, but anyway, <coughs> pardon me. So I did some fact-checking, and it is, in fact, uh, a million billion is a quadrillion. That's a lot. That's spread out over 1,200 different species, too. So evidently, there's, like, a lot of different... There's several varieties of ants, and... But a quadrillion, a million billion would be... That would be something to the tune of how many people are on the planet... Or, Three billion? Three billion? So, a million billion. So it'd be like 
thousand ants <clears throat> per human that you'd have to square off with and just kick some ant ass if if they came after you. So so there. Just be warned. Just be warned. Okay. And um, oh boy, I'm coming to you today from uh, Folsom, California. I'm out here at the uh, the Palladio. Which is this gigantic, ornate, she-she, fake Italian structure that's designed to be like the palazzos uh, in, uh, you know, the street cafes and the <clears throat> sidewalk cafes of, of Italy. But it's, uh, well, it's our version. It's the American version. And uh, so I'm just watching all the... Beverly Hills, wannabe Beverly Hills housewives drive by and uh, on the way to exchanging their um, high-priced luggage that they got and stumbled across an interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, piece of information. This was, this is one of the things that, you know, when you hear something, you're like, what? And, uh, Cleopatra, the uh, Egyptian queen, lived in, she was born <clears throat> in, a, they believe, 69 or 70 B.C., 70 years before Jesus Christo. And uh, that's wild. Like, she was, um, I think she... She died, though, in 30 B.C. So she was... She'd come and gone um, <clears throat> a few decades before J.C. showed up. But that's turn-of-the-century shit right there. I mean, we think of Cleopatra as ruling over this landscape of Egypt and pyramids and the Sphinx, but the, the the pyramids were built in like 2400 or 2500 BC. I mean, <clears throat> Cleopatra lived among us closer to the advent of the iPhone, which came out in 2007. 2007? So only 2,077 years later, after, well, yeah, after Cleopatra was born, 2,000 years, the iPhone existed, but 2,400 years prior to her birth, they were building the pyramids. So... Uh, that's so bizarre. Like it's, <clears throat> I don't know. Time is such a weird construct and a, and such a relative term that, for example, like Hemingway was born in 1899, which was two centuries ago. Yet we, I don't know. I consider him a modern, a modern writer. Yeah. Yeah, by all means, like, but 1899, and then he uh, stuck a gun in his mouth and um, 
Ketchum, Idaho in 1960. <clears throat> Is that right? Or eight, 1961? Because when did... Okay, now I'm thinking of Jack Kerouac now. Kerouac was born in 1913? Is that right? And then he died in... He died in the 60s as well. But he just had uh, <clears throat> complications of alcoholism. But, um... So... I like to stumble across these strange esoteric pieces of information. For example, like when ships pass through Point Nemo. Excuse me, God. In the Southern Pacific Ocean, there's this stretch of, uh, <clears throat> there's this route um, called Point Nemo. <clears throat> and it is, uh, it's basically out off extended coast of South America on the Pacific side uh, halfway between South America and New Zealand uh, and, uh, and Antarctica um, but when you are passing through there you're 2700 kilometers from the nearest land um so what is that in terms of miles? That is, let's see, 25, 20, 30, let's see, 3,000 kilometers would be 1,800 miles. So, my God. So what is that? That'd be about 1,650 miles. Uh, you're about 1,650 miles from the nearest land. That means... And according to the right time of day, the nearest humans, the nearest humans at this point are on the International Space Station, only 416 kilometers up when that little sucker flies around and makes its loop. If you ever run into like a flat earther, ask them first what childhood trauma um, brought them to where they are now and uh, or what piece of arrested development. Uh, contributed to your myopia <clears throat> but also if you ever really want to just put a flat earther in their place take a look at a crescent moon and the reason why you have a crescent moon is the shadow of this earth on the moon from the sun so the reflection of a round object is hitting the moon now that's probably a construct too if you Maybe some of those flat earthers don't believe in the moon. I don't know. Shit. But damn, the International Space Station is only 416 kilometers up. So that's, let's see, 40, let's see, 400 kilometers, 30, uh, yeah, the math. Um, let's see, well, 500 kilometers would be 310 miles. So 416 kilometers would be about 260 miles or so. So there's a International Space Station oh, 260 miles up. And you're somewhere in Point Nemo in the middle of the Pacific. 
and the nearest land is 1,600 miles away. Good Lord. I don't like stuff like that. That, um... I don't know, that kind of stuff creeps me out a little. <clears throat> Did you know until 1913, children in the U.S. could legally be sent by mail? That's a fact. I wonder what... There had to have been some tragedy that changed that. But yeah, you could just send your child by mail. Like, uh, I used to get put on a Greyhound... In downtown Sacramento, when I was like nine years old or something, that would take me to Yuba City, an hour away, with uh, a stop in Wheatland, of all places, and just by myself, eight, nine years old. So, I don't know. I mean, I could see where you'd want to mail your kid, just to save on bus fare. I don't know. Um, speaking of space in 2014 NASA emailed a wrench to space so check this out this is really trippy Um, there was an astronaut aboard the International Space Station uh, that required a ratcheting socket wrench the space agency had one designed and then emailed the file to him then a 3D printer aboard the International Space Station built the tool in four hours. It was the first time that an object had been designed on Earth but built in space. Like, how freaking crazy is that? Like, that's that's modern magic. God, that's so weird. Why do we put music in elevators? Or maybe we don't anymore. But, you know how they used to have, like, what they termed elevator music. I don't know. That's probably a, an expression lost on the younger generation. Like, my kids wouldn't know what I'm talking about if I mentioned elevator music. But I recall it. And, of course, it's been used in movies and such. But not only... Why? Okay, so maybe to pass the time, I assume... You know, as you're staring at the doors or the wall or whatever. But why do they... <clears throat> why do they regurgitate it into this form that becomes elevator music, you know? Is that what Muzak is? M-U-Z-A-K? I mean, that's just... That's bizarre. Like, you know what I mean? Like, girl from Ipanema, like, like, there was somebody that just decided, like, you know, you know what people need when they're going from the first to the eighth floor? They need a, they need a crappier version of an outdated song. Okay, all right. <clears throat> okay, so keeping uh, uh, in conjunction with this r- rambling theme that I've established established today um, I want to do um, at some point I think I'm going to do an, um, a podcast on fetishes I think that you know when you talk about like brain trauma arrested development psychological neuroses things that shape your life you know, fetishes come from a certain spot too, and then they manifest themselves in that regard. Like, 
I, I, I won't go into it because I've read up on some of these and it's just fascinating what uh, stimulates the human libido. Um, I think that'll be my next podcast. So subscribe now. Get ahead of the game. But uh, Violet Jessup, a ship nurse, check this out. This is this is really bizarre. She served on each of the three sisters, <clears throat> the Titanic, the Britannic, and the Olympic. While she was on board, the, Olymp- the Olympic collided with a warship and nearly sank. The Titanic hit an iceberg and sank. The Britannic hit an underwater mine and sank. And this nurse survived all three. Like, at that point, it's like, you get off that third excursion, you're like, you know, I think I'm going to walk. I'm good. But, uh, man. Like, it says as much for the cursed three sister ships as it does for, you know, the coincidence of this poor young nurse, you know? It's just... I don't know, I probably wouldn't t- be taking too many boats after that. <clears throat> um, there was, uh, here's something kind of interesting. I think this is a, uh, an African movie. Like a, literally like a movie that was made by an African film institute called, uh, Entebbe. Entebbe? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. E-N-T-E-B-B-E. It's a film about a plane hijacking. An actual, pl- but during the filming, while they were filming a, pl- a, a movie about a, a plane being hijacked, an actual plane was hijacked and landed at the same airport where the movie shooting was going on. So, the hijacker, <clears throat> the hijackers later released all the hostages, and the footage of real hostages being released was edited into the movie. So, I mean, I suppose I would probably use that footage if I had access to it. Um, but Jesus, I don't know, man. Africa's Africa's a trip. Um, uh, the Latin, not my last, not the last episode, but one prior to that about all these outside the box thinkers. This guy David Cho, like he, he went. I remember hearing the story about him going to Africa. Um, yeah, the guy, he just okay. So he just decides I'm going to go to Africa because he had heard or read about um, an actual dinosaur that uh, lived in the Congo and set out to find this dinosaur uh, for what purpose I don't know what he was going to do once he got it um, but he never found it but um, in, in related African news I thought that was just I don't know the continent of Africa to me is like the most daunting place you could ever be but I, I, I would still, I think I'm going to, I would like to go there at some point. I think what I would do, though, is um, much like, like this trip to Alaska that I'm planning. Um, I'm also going to, I'm also going to hit El Paso this year, but not until it cools off. But the uh, common thread between all three of these is, I'm going to go to Ketchikan, which is the very first city you get to from the south in Alaska. Uh, incidentally, it's the salmon capital of the world. 
El Paso is the first Texas town you arrive in when you come from the west to Texas. And I think if I were to go to Africa, what I would do, because I don't like malaria, I can handle a little bit of adversity. But the heat is just something, from what I've read or heard, is just otherworldly. Like, it's just soul-crushing heat. I would come down probably from Spain, and I would cross the Straits of Gibraltar, because that in itself would be interesting just to cross that strait. Where you've got the Atlantic on one side, the Mediterranean on the other, and then you come into Morocco. Now, that would be fascinating. And then, and then just kind of tiptoe your way, kind of like you know, dip your toe in to, you know, the rest of the continent as you see fit. But Morocco, I think, would be fascinating. I think, um, just that culture, just the stories, Casablanca, uh, you know, the writer Paul Bowles, all the beats that came through there, um, you know, Kerouac, Ginsburg, all those guys. Um, just great literature written out there. Uh, I remember Anthony Bourdain had a phenomenal uh, episode of, like, I think it was No Reservations or Parts Unknown, one of the other, one of those. One of his two shows, uh, he did an episode in Morocco, and it was fascinating. It's just, it's such an interesting culture. It's probably being, as we speak, being in its own Africanized Moroccan way gentrified much like we would do to most countries like we do to like this shopping mall I'm at that is supposed to represent um, the decadence of Italian street life when in fact it's really just a place to buy overpriced luggage but oh well anyway uh, let's see. <clears throat> a thousand, uh, a thousand-year-old bronze buckle from East Asia was discovered in Alaska, showing that indigenous people in North America might have been interacting with the Old World earlier than previously thought. Okay, that's not really not that. I mean, that's kind of interesting, I guess, but. The first road vehicle to go over 100 kilometers per hour, which is 62 miles per hour, was a Belgian electric vehicle. Uh, this guy, Camille Genazzi, accomplished this feat in a car he designed himself. Um, the car he called uh, La Jamais Content, which is never satisfied. Set a road speed record of 105.88 kilometers per hour on April 29th, 1899. Speaking of 1899, speaking of Hemingway, um, in Ench in Achiris, Belgium. Mm, excuse me, gosh. But they had electric vehicles in 1899. I mean, <sighs> I don't know. Maybe it's a time traveler. He's probably a time traveler. Um, I don't know how they came up with this calculation, but it would take 375,000 Lego bricks stacked one on top of the other to destroy the bottom brick. 
the tower would be nearly 12,000 feet tall. So, I mean, you could do some crude math to figure that out, but I don't know. Uh, it's kind of an innocuous piece of information. Here's something interesting, though. Queen Elizabeth has a body double, and her name is Ella Stack. Uh, I don't know if this is something that just kind of haphazardly happened, but she takes her place during rehearsals. She is, um, she's not allowed to sit on the throne at the House of Lords during the rehearsals. Um, but other than that, she, does, she, um, she just, she just does it. Maybe it's her stunt double, you know, like she's never accepted payment for services, uh, calling it a pleasure and an, and an honor. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, I don't know. Nobody's really trying to knock off the queen. Um, but that's interesting. I don't know. Would I be a body? Could I be a body? I would. Would I do a body double? Not a president. I wouldn't do a presidential body double. Not in this day and age. Unless I wanted to get shot. Um, this is something interesting, which I I'd already known this, but I thought that was I thought it was a kind of a cool little piece of information. But the band U UB40 is named after. Unemployment Benefit Form 40, which is the form you fill out in the UK when you go on the dole for, you know, like welfare. It's a form um, issued to people claiming unemployment benefits. Um, the name was suggested by a friend of the band because all the members were unemployed. So um, UB40, like, all right, right on. Uh, check this out, a pizzly bear. Have you ever heard of a pizzly bear? <clears throat> it's the hybrid offspring of a polar bear and a grizzly bear. So it's like when chocolate met peanut butter, you know? Um, they're weird looking things. They look like, um, they look like a Thai iced tea. You know, they're kind of, kind of frothy and white on the top and then kind of like, uh light tan going down you know what a strange occurrence that would be a grizzly and a like how would that work like how far off course would these two bears have to be and then simultaneously be horny enough to say hey let's you know i've been looking to settle down um i um i'm open-minded i don't have any you know i'm not uh i'm not hung up on you know color, race, gender, I mean, we're here, uh, so that's how we got a pizzly bear, I'd never heard of that before, um, speaking of Belgians, they eat the most calories per person per day than any other country in the world at an average of 3,768 calories, so how odd though. Belgian of all, I mean, they must have just barely won that. They must have just barely, because you know the Parisians and the Italians are just. I mean, these people are eating like eight course meals. Not a, not, not to mention the Americans. I mean, Jesus, have you been to a cheesecake factory lately? Oh God. But um, we're. A lot of this information is kind of Euro, and not Euro, it's UK-centric. It's probably uh, 
Brit centric. Um, I just kind of came across a lot of uh, British useless trivia. For example, uh, Adidas bought the iconic three stripe design from Finnish sportswear company Carhu, K A R H U, for two bottles of whiskey equivalent equivalent of 1600 euros so how strange like they some Finnish sportswear company had had trademarked three white lines and then some dude in some tracksuit that didn't have three stripes on just showed up he's like hey I'll uh, buy those stripes from you I don't know maybe they didn't have stripes at that point uh, moving on, <clears throat> England experiences large spikes in power demand during halftime at football games due to widespread use of electric kettles. Like they're straining the grid because of their kettles. Everyone's just scrambling for their tea. It's how strange is that? I don't know. When I was in um, when I was in Scotland, I was in the when I was in the uh, working on on that farm for Bruce. I used to get teased because I was in a room full of English and uh, Brits and Australians and Scots, and they all had their tea. But uh, I would opt for coffee. They said, "Oh, here's your, here's your coffee, 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 coffee." Uh, Okay, enjoy your tea. You pasty little tea bag. 46 BC was the longest year in human history. The year had 445 days and was nicknamed the Annus Confusionus, the year of confusion, and served as the longest recorded calendar year in human history. So, this was when Cleopatra would have been about... 23 years old. 23 years old. So you're rocking, you're rocking it out on the desert, out in uh, Egypt, uh, you know, in in uh, the Nile, and uh, kicking it, you know, old school. And uh, all of a sudden, hey, this year is 445 days. You know, they changed the um, the the well, what we have now is the Gregorian calendar. And it used to be, it used to be based on uh, the, a Jewish calendar, and I, and so April first was used to be the new year, I believe, if if I'm telling this correctly. Uh, until they switched over to the Gregorian, the current this is what we use now is the Gregorian calendar, by the Gregorian Gregorian monks. They, they did away with the, the, the whole Hebrew aspect of it. And so what, uh, what ended up happening was April 1st being the new year changed to the fourth month and then January 1st being the, uh, new year and first calendar year. But that's why we have April fools because those that kind of lagged on their updates, they weren't, you know, they had their, uh, back then, you know. When talking about Cleopatra and iPhones, I mean, they, they all they had was stone tablets back then, so they didn't get their update in in enough time, and the hieroglyphics kind of threw them off, or 
whatever the case may be. And so that's where we get April Fool's because people still think it's at that point in time in history. Some still thought it was the first day of the new year. And they said, no, you fool. It's April 1st because we're Gregorian monks. You kook. Oh, look, there's Cleopatra. Uh, the only place where crocodiles and alliga- uh, uh, alligators coexist is Florida. Of course it is. Um, oh, this is what I was talking about the other day. Um, spiders, eat, they eat up to 800 million tons of prey each year. There's so many spiders. Not individually. Um, what did I say? 800 pounds of meat. I said that the other day uh, when I was talking about... uh, I was rambling. I went off on a tangent when I was talking about... uh, I think when I was talking about Scotland or something. I don't remember. Um, But the real... The real... uh, The real information on that is... As a collective, spiders eat up to 800 million tons of prey each year. I, I mispronounced or misquoted... Uh, but but it's still nearly twice the amount of weight, uh, amount by weight of, of meat humans consume each year. So as a collective, there are so many spiders, there are so many ants, there's so much, there's so many damn bugs out here. Um, they still they out eat us. So, but in non creepy insect related information. Uh, for a hotel, and I didn't under, I didn't know that. Now I always thought a hotel is a hotel because it has a an elevator, and a motel is a motel because it doesn't have an elevator. I I don't remember where I heard that, but but for a hotel to be rated AAA four diamonds or above, whatever grade system this exists in now, I don't know. Uh, it must have a landline or cordless telephone available in the bathroom. That's it. Somebody just decided that would be the standard bearer. Um, and then also the fact that there's a ele- an elevator in the hotel. No elevator, no hotel. You're in a motel. That's where I stayed in Vista. When I was in Vista, California, the white supremacist capital of Southern California. Or maybe it's... Yeah, it had to be the white, super- the white supremacist capital of... Southern California is Vista, and their hotels are motels. What would be the... I wonder what the white supremacist capital of Northern California would be. Probably like Lindhurst, or Olivehurst, or Ukiah. A Harvard study revealed that 90% of employees are willing to give up 23% percent of their lifetime earnings for a more meaningful job. Duh. Um, Here's something interesting. So, Icelandic horses are not allowed to leave the country. If they do, they are banned from returning. This is because Iceland is an island, so they have limited diseases, and this is to, this is like uh, another measure to prevent that. I remember when I was uh, flying, uh, when I left off the last episode of the podcast I was talking about how I was 
just going out of my mind, flying in circles above Sydney, waiting to, to land. And uh, something that I forgot about was when we got into Australian airspace, or maybe when we got, I think it was right when we took off from Narita in, in Tokyo, they spray the entire population of the fuselage of this commercial airliner with some like uh it was a spray like there's literally like a japanese you know flight attendant walking down the aisle spraying this um like a disinfectant of some sort or something that uh basically preventing you from not being able to transmit any non-indigenous uh, uh you know life form like if you're harboring or carrying any kind of like you know a not not a virus but like you know you just tracked some some kind of uh wildlife with you in some form like you know you you carried with you say like uh, what would be a good example not malaria that's probably a little too extreme but something like for example they like they have a, a, a big cane toad like in australia they have like cane toads have run r- rampant for years forever ever since they got other because there's no predator there's no predator for cane toads so what this does this aro- whatever they were spraying is designed so that when you get out you're not going to have some kind of adverse effect on their their uh you know ecosystem but they just did this like on this commercial flight they just started spraying people like you just got sprayed so i guess the same applies applies for these icelandic horses you know um like bugs i you know if they're carrying a flea or a tick or a bug or a something that they picked up you know in the faroe islands or ireland or wherever they took this Icelandic horse to when they brought him back well he can't come back anyway that's the concept so I don't think I had any fleas when I was flying from Tokyo um, uh, a 2017 study by statistician Nathan Yao found the the career div, uh, divorce rates the career divorce rates bartenders flight attendants massage therapists and nurses had the highest at around 45 to 50 percent Meanwhile, actuaries had the lowest at 17%, followed by software developers, engineers, scientists, and eye doctors. Like, eye do- Probably eye doctors because they can't see very well, notoriously. And that's why they became an eye doctor. So, you know, they can't see themselves getting a divorce. But I'm bumps. Uh, here's something I found interesting on New Year's Eve residents of the Hillbrow suburb of Johannesburg, South Africa, throw unwanted furniture out their window to celebrate the holiday. Okay. So you're just walking along December 31st, just going down to go get a pink berry. And all of a sudden, a couch just comes out a window and just crushes you. That would suck. Uh, getting back to the UK. 
getting back to that part of the world. Ireland has the oldest average age at first marriage of any country. The average Irish citizen gets married for the first time at age 35. I don't know where they're getting this information, but I tend to corroborate with this one because as of 1995, when I was there, divorce was illegal. So that is a joint venture that you do not tread lightly into. Um, an Irish divorce is what constituted an Irish divorce uh, up until 19... 19- 90 well i think they just they just made divorce legal just recently like in the last decade but up until that point an irish divorce is just when the man walks out he's gone just out he just bounces they call that an irish divorce so it doesn't surprise me one bit that the average age of an irish irish citizen is 35 that's crazy that's i mean it's not crazy but but it's crazy um have you ever heard the sentence, the quick brown fox jumps over a lazy dog? Well, if you write that down, that sentence uses every letter of the alphabet. The only time I've ever heard that is in the movie Stripes, when Bill Murray is leading his squad of halfwits out onto the performance in front of Gen- General Barnaby. And uh, he incorporates that into the the march and then caps it off with uh, the quick brown fox jumps over a lazy dog every le- that sentence uses every letter of the alphabet so I don't know what purpose that serves other than just kind of general uh, coolness I don't know um, the youngest woman ever to uh have a baby is five years old. Lena Medina, the youngest confirmed mother in recorded medical history. And I'd, I'd read this somewhere before. I'd heard this before. Uh, she had a son at age five. I don't want to know anything about that. Like, you just, that sentence, you just, you say that to someone in a bar, and then you end that conversation. Or you just stop right there. Like, you don't want to know any more about what happened what was going on um here's yet another <clears throat> uh cool little tidbit and i i was i was aware of this a while back but uh the digits of interstate highways in the u.s have m- actual meaning uh even numbered highways like um i-10 and i-90 run east west where uh, odd number highways like I-5 and I-95 run north-south. So anything odd, up and down. Anything even, side to side. So if you ever, you know, are in that position where you're like, you know, where does Highway 50 end up? Well, it's not going to go up or down. It's going It's going to Maryland, bitch. Okay getting close to wrapping this up here. I'm going to end with some more insect info. I'm just going to leave you on a creepy little note. There are more than 200 million insects for each human on the planet. In other words, the world holds 300 pounds of insects for every pound of humans. I mean, Jesus. 
I mean, we had enough on our hands with all the ants. My God. We're going to deal with this shit now? And last but not least, seawater is approximately 3.5% salt. So there you go. Oh, and then I'll end with one drop of ocean water contains 10 million viruses. Look it up. Um, they don't affect anybody or anything. So, but look it up. 10 million viruses per drop of ocean water. And that, that my friends is the show. So... Tip your waiter, and I'll be here all week. Enjoy, and I will be back when I get back.